What is good, everybody? Ball Don't Lie Australia, episode 56. Coming straight to you here. I'm your host, Dan Dunellen. Joining me as does every single week, Mel Crawford. Big dog. How you doing, bud? Whole ball of good. I'm <laughs> double vaxxed, boosted. I'm seen it all. I'm good to go. Clubs, pubs, restaurants. <laughs> I don't know. Got the triple green tick on your phone. Yeah. And insert uh, magnetism joke here. I don't know. <laughs> 5G. All yeah, that. yeah. Got it all. Yeah, yeah. There's Got all that 6G now. 6G. Big show coming up. Looking forward to it. Mm. Getting into this round of NBL. Going to have a heart-to-heart about our Brizzy Bullets. More on that very soon. The WNBL, some big performances of Mm. players who, quite frankly, should be Opals. We'll get to that soon. Mm. Joined by friend of mine, friend of the show, Mitch Macca McCarran. Looking forward to this chat. Well, we haven't yet, you know... All worked right, out he, whether he actually is a f- true friend of yours. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Don't a worry. A guy I met once. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We, we then finish off. We're going to wrap around the NBA. We thought we'd have heaps of trades to talk about. We got two average ones, but two nonetheless. A few other headlines coming in there. And then, of course, we finish off with our Kraken segment. Uh, so, Mal, let's jump into things here. I just... I want to get pumped. I want to get excited. I want to celebrate the Tassie Jack Jumpers. Oh. Four straight dubs. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Look mm-hmm. at them go. Mm-hmm. Hey? Now, I pointed out last week that they were odds off <laughs> favorite to win the title. Mm. They were the very bottom, despite being like mid ladder. They were paying $151 to win the title this time last week. You want to have a guess what they're at right now? Oh, 20. <laughs> That's just silly. <laughs> but they're at $61. Exact same odds as oh. our Brisbane Bullets. Oh. So their odds oh. have gone through the roof because they took down Melbourne United for their fourth straight win. Mm. Now they're doing it off the back of some... What I've been asking for all season is consistency in that Joshy backcourt. Mm-hmm. The two Joshes, they're starting to work out how to play together whilst also getting their getting theirs. And what I'm seeing is big increases in their shot percentage and efficiency. And I think that's paying off for the team right now. Definitely is. Uh, I can't help but think as well. This has a lot to do with uh, the coach because after the first game of this little, let's call it a mini streak, you know, because uh, it's four games, but. I mean, for our bullets, it'd be a long streak. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But, uh, you know, yeah, it's only four games. They're not going to set any world or NBL records with, you know, this win streak, but it's come out of nowhere. Hey, you don't know that. <laughs> well. <laughs> Not they with still four. haven't lost as we record. Yeah, not with four. They'll no. need to add a you know few more to it. But that after that first win, coach just poured all that emotion out. You know, showed it to the crowd. Mm. You know, then up the tunnel, and just they've been playing amazingly ever since. So, you know, 
sometimes it takes that raw bit of emotion to the, for everybody to you know, look around the locker room and go, okay, maybe we can, you know, maybe, maybe we can do this. Bit of self-belief, you know. He's, if he's feeling like this, wow, may, you know, oh, let's get behind this guy and really, really put a push together. And, mate, took down United. The Jack Jumpers took down United, a team that I'd, I couldn't see them doing it, you know, two, three weeks ago. Would, would have been laughed out of here and every other you know, establishment where you're talking about NBL. And now all of a sudden, bang, 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 four games up. Great. Just great. Loving it. Well, Mel, you mentioned that they're going to need a few more wins to break some sort of record. So you you know where I'm heading with this one. <laughs> Do you want to have a crack at maybe well, two parts? Who owns the longest winning streak in NBA history and what the number is? Melbourne Tigers. Sure, keep going. I haven't finished yet. How, how many wins? Ah, <laughs> uh, is it a current team? It is a current team. It's a current team. That... It's not the Melbourne Tigers or United. It's not that franchise. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, just harken back to the classic Silver Fox back in the day. Uh, look, well, if we're going to go win streaks with a current team, I'd have to guess Perth Wildcats. And I would say... 17. Close-ish. 17 Close-ish. would be second on the all-time list. Mm-hmm. Uh, Perth is nowhere to be seen on this list. Wow. Number one longest winning streak of all time happened in 2007. Belongs to an association very close to our heart that I would oh, love oh, to oh, see oh. this happen again. Yeah. It's the Brisbane Bullets. 21 games. Wowzers. Longest winning streak. Um, tied on 16 for second is Townsville. Melbourne, Sydney, uh, and New Zealand. Uh, so every, almost everywhere but Perth. Yeah. The, well, then after that, it's Geelong, Sydney, Adelaide, St. Kilda, <laughs> and then Victoria. So, yeah, back in the early 2000s there. Mm-hmm. Most recent one, of course, uh, on that list is the Breakers in 2013 with those 16 straight wins. So, Tazzy, four, good, cute. Uh, mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. hey, from an uh, expansion franchise – this is great and fantastic. You know, it, it's good to see that they're not just getting smacked around being little brother all season. Because um, it was starting to feel a little bit like that. You started to look at Tasmania and think uh, it almost didn't matter who was going in there. They were going to have an easy game. But look, the Joshy backcourt's coming together. Mm-hmm. Magne's starting to look like Magne. Mm-hmm. And now I want him back in Brisbane. <laughs> and, and Jack McTray. We'd know as McVeigh, of course. Mm-hmm. He had a not a real, but pretty slow start to the season by his standards, and he's coming into his own now. Uh, had 17 and 7 in that uh, game against the Kings. Things are looking good. So Tazzy can actually get behind this team now rather than, you know, build up support. They're a team that's ready to be supported now, and it, it, it's time. And, and they're going to be there to compete by the looks of it, whether they make finals or not. Remains to be seen, but they've shown that at their best, they can be there. So consistency is key, of course, but at their best, they're fighting with anyone and everyone right now. Mate, any team that has Jared Weeks on it 
Look out, buddy. <laughs> Look out. Hashtag my guy. All right. You you mentioned this before in your trivia uh, answer. We'll talk about Perth a bit here. They belted the living daylights out of the Phoenix here, despite uh, Vic Law having a bit of a slow game there. Uh, Cotton, though, doing cotton things. Mm -hmm. you know, it's what we expect now. My goodness. The man with those luscious locks now. Ah. Woo-wee, Mr. Travers. Number 23. Talk dirty to me. <laughs> he was just, oh. I mean, slap him on an NBA draft board. Come on, do it. Ooh. Number 60, at least, if not, way higher. Put him on there. I mean, get that mullet in the NBA. I mean, if he can do this regularly, like, he's a kid. And we've seen not just NBA, who are now stars, struggle mm. a bit here in the NBL. All these next players, they're not really doing a whole lot. None of them are making noise. This kid is. Mm -hmm. This kid is. Well, maybe maybe that's that's why he hasn't gone to the NBA yet. Maybe they said, "Look, you got to cut the hair." He's like, "No, no, 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 uh, no, no." Eligibility, no. Mel. Eligibility. <laughs> oh, I like my story. But look, if you're going to come in and uh, what did he miss? Two threes all game, I think it was. Mm. Yeah, he's shot sixty-seven percent from deep, fifty-eight percent from the floor, twenty-four points, seven rebounds. That's like. MVP stats. And three assists. You know, tickling away in that cat too. Like, you know, with a block in there as well. I mean, uh, oh, do it all. Mm. Do it all just like the hair can. I mean, <laughs> oh, I, yeah. and I mean, from Southeast Melbourne's point of view, this is one of those games, much like uh, when the Bullets just got out to that early lead against them and just uh, smacked them around. This was kind of the opposite, though. It was actually, uh, from memory, Phoenix had a Bang your first quarter, and you're mm. like, oh, they're on here. Mm. And then that was that. that was they it. got absolutely pounded in the second quarter. Yep. 33-11. Uh, oh, yeah. Tripled their score. Uh, yeah. And, and that it was it. all they downhill. I <laughs> did not win another quarter after that. Yeah. So. Mr. Travis just, you know, got it going. <laughs> <laughs> so that's something to look out for. Um, and, and look, we don't talk about Perth a whole lot because it's hard to. It's kind of like... You get a bit of, uh, oh, what's it called? Like, you just get tired of it. You know, like you hear a lot about the Lakers and the Bucks and Nets in the NBA. Just, well, not this season for most of them, but that those teams with sustained success or that everyone talks about all the time at nauseam, you sort of get a bit fatigued is the word mm. I was looking for. But, mm -hmm. I mean, it's at some point we do have to just address how dominant this team is, especially considering that, we didn't speak too highly of them in the in the preseason. So credit to Perth, doing Perth things like usual. Yeah. I stand by what I said at that moment, though. Absolutely. <laughs> but as podcast hosts, we reserve the right to change our mind at least once without oh, judgment. Weekly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you come on to an oh, international uh, broadcast mm -hmm. and uh, – you know, we're brave enough to put our thoughts out there. I mean, we reserve the right to change our mind once. I, I think that's fair. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, we can't flip-flop and change, you know, like some certain ESPN TNT guys, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I think once is fair. No, but Perth, as you say, just doing Perth things, they're out to eight and three on the season. And, yeah, it's uh, 
Yeah, they're definitely going to do a lot better than sixth, as I tagged them in before uh, one Vic Law. And, well, they, they didn't even have a coach at that point, I don't think either. So, yeah, yeah, definitely feel like they're going to do a lot better than sixth unless some sort of reverse miracle happens. The other, the other game I wanted to talk about, uh, I had a lot of eyes on this game. Well, just two, but mm-hmm. I had both my eyes on this game because <laughs> – uh, this was on Monday night, the Phoenix and the Hawks, both teams coming off shellackings. Uh, Hawks maybe a bit more, bit more oofy, <laughs> getting killed by the breakers there. Uh, and Phoenix, as we just spoke about, getting pumped by Perth. So uh, this was a who's going to bounce back game. Mm-hmm. And look, it was pretty tight throughout, to be honest. Uh, again, Phoenix looked like they were going to run away with this game in the first quarter. And then they just got pegged back and back and back. And it's like, all right, Hawks are getting the job done here. I can finally talk good about the Hawks. They've done their job. They were up three points with 40 seconds left. I'm like, okay, well, that's manageable, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Harvey misses a shot. Mumford gets fouled. Hits two free throws. Harvey misses a shot. Reef misses a shot. And Munford gets fouled shooting a three-pointer, an absolute coach killer. Mm-hmm. Bangs down a uh, couple of those. Now, the player who fouled Mumford on the three, uh, Rath and Mays, had a chance at the end here to win it. Uh, unfortunately, obviously did not. And the Phoenix, despite being down in the final minute, walk away with a win, uh, one that both teams needed but only one could have. Uh, what were your thoughts on the game now? Uh, my thoughts on this one, very simply, are South Melbourne Phoenix. Can you think of a better first quarter team? They're, every time they come out lately, they have a bonza first quarter and sometimes they keep that rolling, they get that momentum going and other times they don't. And this was one of those times where they got lucky down the stretch. Um, I've got a theory on this, but I'll let you finish first. Mm-hmm. They got lucky down the stretch on this one. Um, you know, Hawks panicked a little bit. Not not great at the end there. But, yeah, again, Melbourne, Southeast Melbourne Phoenix getting out to this early first quarter lead and then not continuing it. <sighs> it's It's got to be tough to watch if you're a Melbourne Phoenix fan, because they're, they come out so dominant and just let other teams straight back in. Mm. It's, ah, but they got away with this one. They got the Chockeys with a bit of luck, whatever. They got the W. Yeah. So how I look at this for the Phoenix and it's, it's tough because it's sometimes it's out of their control, but they have no bench. Mm. They just don't. Kyle Adnam, Awesome. Probably one of the best plug-and-play bench players in the league. But outside of him, geez, it's, it's rough. <laughs> and, and they just don't seem to trust those guys. You look at this game against the Hawks. Uh, Brandon Ashley, who's been pretty good for them, credit to him, 20 minutes. Uh, Barker, 11, and that's about it. Mm. They played one other player, uh, Smith Milner, for just under three minutes, and that was it from their bench. He got a rebound, though, so, you know, he helped positively. Yeah, but it, it just seems like, you know, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to deduct from that. That Yep, these starting five are awesome. They're going to start the game well. 
and then as we start subbing, you know, these other players in, like, you know, you're looking at their bench against the Hawks there. There's no Tarangi, uh, no Glidden, all these guys with the, uh, no Adnam, as I mentioned. There's all these guys with experience that, you know, they're not going to show up on a box going, holy moly. But guys who talked about. guys who contribute to winning basketball and, you know, when you're having to rely on development players or, or whatever it may be and, and you choose not to do that, you know, and you're asking your starters, they're all up mid thirties up to 40 minutes. Like they've some played nearly the whole game. I mean, you, you just can't play at that pace. And, and we saw it here against Brisbane. They play a phonetic pace, just flying up and down the court. And you can't do that with six bodies. You can't. So they, they did well to win this game. <laughs> and, uh, you know, on another night, they might've got overrun here, but they got the job done and credit to them for that. Uh, we'll move on now. This is the part I just haven't been looking forward to now, but hit that button for me. We needed a sad version of this. I'll try it. Boom, 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 boom. Where are the bullets? Yeah, it's pretty sad. And look... It's how he mostly does karaoke, though. So. <laughs> no shade to Cairns because they showed up ready to play just like I said last week. I bet they will. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Bullets just, I just don't know what it is right now. It, it's becoming a habit at home now that we're just mm-hmm. starting slow. And yep, yeah, and you can look at it and say, oh, there's no Sobe out there. It was a game-time decision. Uh, Drimic and, and Salt were out due to COVID protocols. Hey, this Cairns team is struggling when fully healthy. They were depleted. They were missing so many players. Mm. Not, not their best player who's top five in the league, but they were missing a lot of their players. So there's no excuses. You're at home. You need to get this done. And they, from from the jump, they got wiped off the floor. And... You know, we're very lucky that, you know, the, the Fox cameras uh, can get in there and get into the timeout huddles. And there was a timeout that I just want to point out with the Bullets. Mm-hmm. Coach Duncan sat the team down and literally said, does anyone out there want to play? And it was clear for the cameras. I won't repeat a few things after that the camera picked up, but mm-hmm. it was very easy. Tensions were very clear of like, the five that are out on the floor, you're not doing your job. And, you know, are we going to play defense? Are we going to be where we need to be on offense? Or do we just want to roll over and get killed here tonight? And it it was kind of tough to watch. <laughs> it's It was so obvious Kansas' game plan. It seems to be what a lot of teams are doing against the Bullets now. And it's come in against us, run up and down, and mm-hmm. we can't cope. We cannot cope. No. And... What are we up to? Four games in a row, it basically feels. Since that second uh, Kings game of the back-to-back, mm. it's literally been everyone's game plan and uh, what have we got? Four losses. Yeah, and, you know, oh. it, and at the same time, it's not necessarily down to coaching decisions. It's more just do we have the 
personnel that can do that and it doesn't look like it like we have some very big bigs some very solid bigs but not very fast bigs and we can't have rob franks trying his best flying up and down the court for 40 minutes no it's uh it's not going to get it done and it unfortunately hasn't so far it's uh yeah look it's it's a little tough to watch um that that game was not uh not ideal um look the upside is we did have a few out um uh, I'd I'd like to think and those guys come back there'll be some sort of change injection of you know right uh, let, let's do this but uh yeah at the moment um we just feel a bit lost like I've been saying for a little while like we're just still not you know players aren't slotting into place as as we'd like and yeah we're getting run off the court um defensively so uh, let's try and find I, i've got some it's positives tough. now yep there are rob, a couple rob franks in the first half phenomenal great bounce back you know picked on him and, and Sobi. we picked on them a bit last week and you know it's inexcusable the effort on yeah well, not necessarily effort but you know the shots they'd put up or not put up in the previous game franks came out ready to go he was really good in the first half. We had a, what I call a QBL Cadiz sighting, mm-hmm. you know, state mm-hmm. league legend mm-hmm. when he's played. And oh, that shot from basically half court, isn't that, you know, 50 grand you can win from the NBL? <laughs> I don't know if he won that, but, you know, it was pretty much there. Mm-hmm. So, but, you know, him getting the start in place of the uh, injured Sobi, he was unreal. And we've already seen what a microwave is off the bench. and. Of course, we plug our friend of the show and we back him, but he was Definitely. genuinely awesome in this game. And it was noticeable when he wasn't on the court. Like, mm. there was no one else, no one else able to control the game or, you know, control the flow of what the Bullets were doing when he was off the court. And that is a big concern. It is. Um, it definitely is because, let's be honest, you know, Love Kadee, but he's also getting, you know, like a lot of players um, that we, we end up loving here on the show, a little bit closer to the end of the career than, than they are to the start. And, uh, you know, it, it's unfortunate that he – it's unfortunate when the Bullets have to, you know, go to Kadee in this way um, because of, well, you know, this time, you know, Sobi was out, but uh, you know, there's, as you say, we've got some really talented um, ball handlers, but no one that can quite control the game and the speed the way Kadee can, which is a credit to Kadee. Let's let's be honest, you know, he he comes off the bench and replaces uh, Sobi a lot of times. Sobi was was at top three in the MVP voting last year. That's you know. That's credit to him. And he can definitely fire at times we've seen this this season. So, uh, look, upsides. Um, we got some Isaiah Moss minutes. Yeah. You know, uh, another friend of the show there. Deep is looking good. Exactly. Shooting 50% from everywhere except the free throw line where he's shooting 100. <laughs> so, 
So, you know, nice to see him. Like he's he's another one who's had just a, a rough, you know, bad luck season. Mm. Got injured, got healthy, got injured again before he could play. You know, COVID protocols then after that. So, you know, we're a long way into this season and he's only just starting to get those first couple of, you know, goes in off the bench so obviously with his trajectory we were hoping as fans to have him on the court and being able to be up and go ready much more match fit than he currently appears to be with his minutes and usage but you know looked a lot better in this one got up you know double figures so look there's a positive there as well yeah and look you know, if you're a Cairns fan, my goodness, uh, Bull Qual, eight for ten from deep. I was like, oh, you'll miss the next one. He's hit the he. Oh, bang. <laughs> oh, all right. He's three of three now. Oh, bang. And I was like, is someone going to guard this guy? Or, I mean, eight for ten? Eight for ten, Mel? Like, yeah. at what point do you just floor him and just say, I'm here? <laughs> you're not open uh i mean gee whiz uh, career night obviously mm. you know even if we were knocking him over he might have still hit them at this point but i mean so many of his shots were open and that's that's the concerning thing um but i just more taj mccall appreciation this kid is an absolute bonafide superstar mm-hmm. top five in the league I, i'll argue right up to one two three uh, you know, did everything in this one, 19, 8, and 6, played, you know, all but one and a half minutes of the game. And, you know, carries a load offensively. Um, you know, the reason why Qual's so open for all these shots is because McCall's getting into the lane uh, and, and drawing all that defense. And, you know, he's also a pest on the defensive end. Four mm. steals, a block. Like, he's... They're not necessarily on-ball steals, but he's he's flying around passing lanes. He, he's jumping up, contesting shots. Uh, oh, I, just, I can't sing this kid's praises enough. He, like, yeah, he's phenomenal. Yeah, it, it was nice to see, even though he was wearing the wrong jersey on the night. Mm. Yeah. I, I, I want to get one. <laughs> <laughs> I got to get it. Someone hooked me up with a Taj McCall jersey. That kid is awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, look... Anything else from that game, Mel? I've, I've had enough talking about it myself. Ah, uh, look, let's let's hope uh, let's hope this one's just a just a scrub, and when Sobe, Dream, Salt come back, um, they can you know, work with the team. You know, coach can sit down, put together a put together a game plan for the next one, and. Feels like a bit. It's been a while since we've had a you know a good solid dream game. So well, and game plan they're gonna have to Mel because Adelaide's coming to town. They're riding high after being United. Mm. Uh, One positive thing I think this isn't as much of an up and down team as what we've been playing against. So you know, Big Johnson, Kai Soto might be a bit slower. Uh, which might suit our boys a bit more. Uh, don't want to jinx anything, so I'll leave it at that. Uh, and then we head down to Sydney to play two days later. 
and it's a quick turnaround too. It's it's Friday night, and then it's Sunday afternoon, like lunchtime. So, and Sydney, they they beat the brakes off us last time. So, oh, didn't they? What? Hopefully, we're going down for a bit of a revenge tour, which will be nice. Uh, but you know, we'll be back next week to review those, and hopefully next week, two for two dubs. Bullets will be back. Fingers crossed. I'll take one and oh. Bull don't lie. Never does. WNBL time. We've talked NBL. Now it's time to talk WNBL. What's been happening in the WNBL, mate? Oh, Bendigo. Huge win. Took down Adelaide. Annalie Maley. I feel like we're talking about her just about every week at this point. Mm -hmm. And for good reason. 26 points, 21 rebounds. Need I remind you, she's not that big. Bit of a, uh, bit of a, what do you say, Anna Cameron sort of style there. Just undersized, but knows how to do it and just grabs bulk rebounds. It's just a, a hunger thing, Mal. And yeah, just gets it done. Mm. I mean, yeah. Getting this win against Adelaide, who we've been saying, you know, is one of the top top teams in the comp. That's big for Bendigo. Who knows where they can go from here? Hopefully they keep getting some dubs. Um, but, you know. It does have to be said that Adelaide, slight asterisks. Adelaide were missing Steph Talbot and Alana Smith, who were on Opal's duties. A lot but... of outs, a lot of outs. And we'll get to it in a minute. Bendigo should have been missing the player we just mentioned too. But anyway. Yes. <laughs> A uh, couple of blowouts, fire, extinguish the flames. I've been waiting. To... <laughs> either, either team was going to extinguish the other one. So oh, uh... it, it's their fault for calling their teams the same thing. Like it, it's not even slightly different. It's literally the same thing. Well, you know the old saying, you can't fight flames with fire. <laughs> I'm going to bring in the Darwin embers and <laughs> see how we go with that. Oh, jeez. Uh... Anyway. Um, yeah. That McSpadden block, whoop, two mm. hands, no, 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 <laughs> big finger wave mm -hmm. by us. <laughs> uh, yeah, not in her house. Good to see her out there, friend of the show, getting some minutes, getting big blocks. Love that very much. Uh, and, and Mal, you sat down and had a little viewing of the uh, Caps and the Flyers there. Uh, Flyers missing a load of players. Yes, they were. Um well, who'd they have out? They were missing Matty Roshi, Abby Bishop. Um, oh, shout out friend of the show, Abby Bishop, mm -hmm. done for the season. Mm. Solius injury. Mal, mm. can you name what part of the body that's, that is? Solius, uh, probably be on the soul. Kind of connected, yeah. Yep. yeah. It's yep. like Achilles calf region, yeah. Mm -hmm. Good, good, good. Mm -hmm. uh, Christy Wallace, Blitzarves. Yeah. Uh, yeah, missing their, you know, missing coach. Um, and they went up against a full-strength Capitals team. But since Paul Goris has come back from his little time away, <clears throat> um, they are firing on all cylinders and they were in this game. It, uh, oh, it did not take long before it was obviously going to be a Capitals win and at no stage... Did it look like anything else? Oh, Rufy's just on a absolute terror, mm. isn't she? Mm. Shout out, Michaela Rufy. It was, it was a, uh, 
was a real good game of just a, a solid team coming together where it looked like people knew their roles and there was a genuine game plan and they really destroyed mm. the team. Mm. Took them to pieces. But Last week, mentioned this game had statement written all over it. Mm. Not really taking into account Opal's duty. <laughs> uh, the Lynx versus the Boomers. Uh, now... Lynx had no Mabry in this one, uh, not due to Opal's duty, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Boomers, no Kayla George, no Ezzy. So a bit of star power lacking in this one. Up steps, big Sherfy. No idea why she's not at that Opal's camp, but another 19 and 18 point performance here. Jackie Young, just MVP numbers, 26, 8, and 6. They got the job done, the Perth Lynx. I mean, it's a statement of sorts, but I guess both teams not at full strength. You take from it what you will. Yeah, it'll uh, it'll no doubt look a bit different next time they uh, next time they play at full strength. Mm. So, but oh, can't wait for when that happens. Can't wait. That should be a high powered affair. I just wanted to bring up the whole opals thing. I think I feel like it's a bit of an elephant in the room type type mm-hmm. thing here and. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely not going to do the whole this person's in, this person's got to go. Mm. But from memory, Mal, I don't remember Scherf even being at the camp from memory. Uh, and I should have researched that, but I'm fairly certain she was not even at the camp, which to me is just disgusting. She's averaging 15 and 12 for the season and just dominating in the middle. Uh and then Maley, averaging 19, 15, and 3. It's not good enough. Sorry. I mean, I don't know if I'm speaking out of turn here. And I, as I said, I'm absolutely not saying player X shouldn't be in the Opals team. Um, the selectors, all respect to them. They get paid to do that job while I don't. Uh, so they know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and maybe I'm just... Maybe, you know, I'm a, I'm a victim to raw stats and maybe just the raw eye test, whereas I'm not really analysing the system that the Opals want to play and how they would fit into that system. But, geez, it's two quality players being left behind, in my opinion, among many others, of course. Let's flip the script on that and turn it around. How good are the Opals going to be if these two amazing ballers can't even get a lick in well that's it isn't it like, like if they're missing they out, can't get a look hot dang how good is this opals world cup run gonna be yeah well you know if you're listening to this pod on time on thursdays i believe the opals are kicking off their campaign tonight mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. uh check that out uh, if you're listening later in the week that's totally fine opals have already played hopefully they went well uh i'm sure they did mm. Um, but I just wanted to give credit where credit's due. Those two are killing it. They're opals in my heart. They're <laughs> playing really well now. Um, but we'll be back to have a look at uh, WNBL next week. And also we'll, we'll do some opals chat, I think, as well. Sounds great. All right. Uh, all right. Well, this is the time of the week where we jump over the NBA. Hey, uh, the league we... No, we can't. No, that's the NBL, isn't it? Oh, no, it's uh, happened again. Uh, in Adelaide, Charlie Hill stands for peace. It's my birthday. 
All right. Uh, so something about Adelaide in that one. Mm. It's coming up on my phone from Adelaide. Mm-hmm. M, M and M. Two M's. Uh, All right. Let's pick up the phone. Hopefully it's a friend of ours. Ball don't lie. That ball don't lie. Ball don't lie, Australia listeners. It's a very special guest for you this week. Got a very long resume. I'll, I'll just try and touch on a little bit. We have a former Taipan, a former United, for lack of a better term, a boomer, and a current 36er, along with a forever cheese biscuit connoisseur, Mitch McCarran. Mitch, thank you for joining us tonight. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. <laughs> no worries at all. Mate, I've, I've got to jump into some questions that aren't quite in our notes, so I do apologise. Um, Dan sort of, he doesn't oversell your guys' history, but he does. It's off the record. (laughs) He he, he sells it a little bit um, at times. And by a little bit, I taught you everything you know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So you you haven't been paid for this interview. Do you actually know Daniel? Let's start basically. (laughs) I do, I do. Yeah, we met 10 minutes ago. (laughs) Um, Did he at any stage in his life that you can remember, has he ever beaten you at driveway basketball? Oh, I took a lot of L's on that driveway in front court. (laughs) I I think we both took L's every time with at least two or three (laughs) stub toes. His driveways are cool. Yeah, bleeding toes. (laughs) Okay, so plausible. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, <laughs> evidence. Yeah, so, I always uh, I follow this up, Mitch, by by clarifying that I am a few years older than you. So obviously, when we're younger, I was quite a lot bigger and stronger, faster. <laughs> so wouldn't back myself these days. Obviously, <laughs> happy, uh, no, happy I wouldn't back you either. I wouldn't back you either. No <laughs> way. No way. One hand, one hand, and a leg tied behind her back. I think. Uh, all right, mate. Well, talk, speaking of your history, um, what got you into basketball, and where was your junior club? Um, yeah, it's a bit of a long story, um, but <clears throat> essentially, um, my mum and dad ran a basketball stadium in Alice Springs, um, so they were kind of some of the stadium managers, and uh, I don't know whether you'd call it GM or whatever of the stadium, but. Um, a couple of other people out there, um, Joe Slafia and Magnamara, as she is now, um, was also out there, another great family friend. Shout so, out, Joe. Yeah, shout out, Joe. Um, so, yeah, we, we uh, moved to Brisbane when I was three years old after my brother was born. Um, Dad started working with Basketball Queensland. Um, so, yeah, that's how we, we moved to Brisbane and, and started going there. Um, and then I jumped into... Um, a bit of club basketball down at the PCYC. Or is that Launton? Is that Launton, Launton Pine, PCYC? Pine isn't Rivers it? Knights was our rep team. Yep, that's the <laughs> one. Um, so yeah, I started playing through there, and I think it was the Gold Slammers or something. That was the first <laughs> club team. Um, and then yeah, eventually started playing for um, Brisbane basketball rep teams. Nice, nice. So there's definitely a little bit of history there with Dan. It, it, it's not all just fake news that he's been telling me. <laughs> I think we we played, um, Dan, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like were you on that rep team, we played a rep game at Pine River, at uh, Boondall. Um, we got smacked by like 80. That sounds uh, about like every rep game we played for Pine Rivers. There was a few people that were injured or sick or something and they called me up. I was like, 
way Mate, too young. Because you're like four years younger than me, so <laughs> we would have like been seven. twelve. You would have been like seven or eight. Yeah. Years old. And I, I was like, oh wow, we're at basketball. How cool! Mum and Dad's like, yeah, go have a go. Lost by eighty. Almost two That sports, must have been one but, of our um, better games of the season, actually. <laughs> we lost to Caloundra. I'll never forget this because I almost quit basketball. It was like 130-something <laughs> to like three. <laughs> they were full court pressing. This is under 12s. And we are just getting absolutely wiped off the floor. <sighs> the old second score sheet had to be brought out. Yeah, it was uh, a rough introduction to rep oh. basketball, but it got better. Oh, and we'd see, oh, it's eight-year-old what do we want him on our team for yeah. what, what's he ever going to be anyway it turns out yeah pretty good well we're interviewing him he's not interviewing us look I, as i say if it wasn't for that knee injury two, two years ago here we go here we go this isn't you unfortunately Matthew. um yeah no lots of memories but like going back to the pcyc and pine rivers like it, it was pretty family orientated club there and i did enjoy that and then obviously you know other players who showed a bit of promise ended up going elsewhere but the the club and community there was pretty good while it lasted and um yeah i enjoyed it and it obviously built the foundations for you mitch so yeah definitely <laughs> um yeah i i, I felt like it was especially because uh, a lot of people like, you know, from around the local area. So felt like, you know, people at different schools or people you knew from basketball and then you'd make friends, obviously, and they would meet other people and suddenly, oh, this person plays at, you know, Boondle or Northside Wizards or whatever it was at the time. So um, like, yeah, it was the gateway to like, you know, learning about a higher level of basketball. You know, I went down there, I think I was just watching one day and all of a sudden they were like, oh, we need an extra player, jump on. So like... <laughs> You know, it was that kind of welcoming environment, though. It was like, look, we're here to have fun. Let's get everyone on the court and enjoy it. You know, who knows what would have happened if I if I didn't get asked to play, you know? So, yeah, it's a, it, it was uh, uh, emulate what you're feeling on that one. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I remember you filling in for a social team. Um, your brother played with uh, myself on a social team during your college <laughs> years, and you came and filled in and uh, – Look, you, you played really well. We might leave it. It's a pretty big highlight play, but I'm not sure if you want to share that on air. Um, I think we lost. That's not important. <laughs> not important. Heard it here first. Look, I'll put that down to the best player on the team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was definitely my fault. Um, but yeah, it was fun. I, I actually never got to play with my brother in an official game before. So, you know, obviously with played a lot of backyard hoops but um yeah it was cool to come back from college i think it was before i was going to spain and um i had to pay a ridiculous registration fee just for one club social game but um it was worth it just to get on floor with some of the boys and yeah that was cool oh curtis said he was paying you back for that did he never yeah i don't think so oh yeah. okay maybe hit yeah, him up that's all right <laughs> <laughs> all right well We'll jump out of your junior stuff and your younger days. Uh, heading into your pro career, you started off up in Cairns in the NBL there. Uh, when, when you came to the NBL, sorry, it was with Cairns. Can you take us through some of the ups and downs of those first uh, three seasons with them? Um, yeah, it was a really different time. I think transitioning from, you know, the mentality that I had when I left college going to Spain, um, where I was like, look, I just came off four of, the hardest years, the best years, but also the hardest in terms of workload and training um, in college. And just this mindset was just like, I just have to prove myself um, every single day over in Spain. And 
when I arrived there, it was um, the not quite the culture, let's put it that way, to just mm. grind yourself into the ground. And, you know, we had a lot of older guys, a lot of veterans who are like, man, like, go rest. You know, like, we already trained. What are you doing? Um, so, like, then coming back from that um, and trying not to fall into that, you know, because I wasn't one of them. You know, I was, I, still, I was a young guy that needed work. I needed extras. Um, and then coming into Cairns where, again, I, I came back in as that young guy that, that should be driving that energy, but also in a system with a lot of guys who knew what they were doing and a lot of guys that, you know, with Aaron Fern as the head coach who was very particular about spacing and timing and um, understanding who you are and what you do and what you bring. And, um, yeah, for me, it was uh, a bit of a shock in terms of system-wise just compared to Spain where I spent a lot of time kind of just waiting in corners and, and that was really it. Whereas now it was like, well, hold on, like you got to make some reads, you know, whether you have the ball coming to you or not, or if you do have the ball, like it's not just be a robot and bring it up and do that, like read the defense, what's next, make a play, um, which was way better for me um, as an individual, but it was also a, a challenge because, you know, I just had a year of just basically doing one thing and that was sprinting a lane, filling a corner and back cutting um, when I got the chance. So, um, yeah, it was it was an awesome experience and I developed so much over my two years with Fernie and Cairns. But, um, yeah, that was definitely a challenge when I first got there. All right. So you, after popping over to Slovenia, you know, just to win a cheeky championship, you landed with United. Can you, can you take us through the, uh, that last year and, of course, you know, getting to the top of the mountain and winning that NBL title? Yeah, it was um, a bit of a wild ride um, with United. I, th- I thought every single year, you know, we kind of had a group where, um, you know, and United as a club, you know, that's their goal to put a, a group on the floor that, that has a chance to win every single year. Um, and, and that expectation is from the fan base. It's it's from the league. It's from within the team and the club itself. It's like, well, really, you know, if, if you don't make a deep finals run and, and slash even win it, you know, you really didn't have a successful year per se. Um, and especially coming from Cairns where I felt like the mentality was a little bit different. You know, it was kind of like, oh, look, we had an incredible season and we just didn't play well in the finals or maybe we didn't quite make it in the finals because of this, this, this. Um, you know, whereas United, it was a lot more like, well, okay, but you didn't get it done. Yeah. Um, so yeah, for, I, I, I had an incredible time, um, got to play with some incredible players in multiple positions. Um, you know, the people that I'm guarding every day at practice is just making me better, um, as a defender, as an offensive player, you know, whether that's Casper Ware or, um, Melo Trimble. Um, and even guys like, you know, Shay Ely is a wall one-on-one, um, you know, he's a super tough cover. Um, I know he's a bit more reserved sometimes when, you know, he's playing, um, with the NBL, but you know, that guy come back from New Zealand NBL and just with this full lot of confidence and he is tough. Um, so like going at those guys every single day and then you look on your wings and you got, Chris Golding there and um, you know in my final year you've got Scotty Hobson there um, you know just incredible one-on-one scorers and players um, and then obviously a lot of the bigs that we play with as well it just made it fun um, to play with and and yeah the, the amount of IQ around the guys was, was awesome. When you actually when final buzzer goes and you're now an NBL champion as someone who honestly will never feel that as a player, <laughs> how talk us through some of the emotions that you felt in that moment, if you can. It's a really odd one. 
um, I think in comparison to how you expect it, you know, you visualize it, everyone kind of, you know, visualizes it, dreams about it, and, you know, you picture it sometimes when you're practicing or shooting around or whatever, what it would be like to be in that position. Um, and then having one, um, championships in Spain and Slovenia, granted, you know, those leagues, I would argue, aren't as strong, obviously, as, as the NBL. Um, but in the, in that position and how it felt to win at the time, you know, the one in Spain, I was over the moon, you know, like, I was just like, this is incredible. You know, like the way that people were celebrating and hugging and the fans were emotional. It was like, wow, that that is a championship. You know, to see this emotional fan base, emotional club, people celebrating like the entire year's work or, or multiple years work to get to this point. Um, and so I think with United, it was the same. Obviously, they had won, won the, the year before I arrived. Um, you know, we missed out the two, my first two years. And then the third year was just felt like such a long year. Um, with the COVID delays and us being stuck on the road, granted not as long as, as someone like New Zealand, but we certainly had bouts where we were on the road for three to four weeks. Um, you know, we, one example was when we were in Brisbane, uh, we played the game, all of us just packed for one, you know, one or two nights and then we were flying back and then they said, oh guys, you're actually not going back and there's a chance you won't go back for finals either. Um, and we were like, okay, well I have like one pair of underwear, but um, you know, like that's, you know, that's you know, all the families back there. We're sitting first on the ladder. We're, we're rolling mm. into the end of season to play finals. And all of a sudden it's like, yeah, you probably won't go back. Um, it, it just felt like a really long season, um, even though it was a great season and a fun season. So by the time we got it done, we won those two games in Perth, game one and two. Um, and they were awesome. We got back home and we finished game three. And when we won, like I was excited. But it was like uh, also relief and not in a bad way, like not like, oh, it's over. But it's like it was a little bit like oh, we actually did it, you know, like <laughs> like it's actually done now. You know, mm-hmm. like we, we finished the season, we achieved our goal. It was like this big sigh of relief in a, in a happy way because, um, yeah, just the amount of emotional stuff and, and mental challenges that the group had to deal with throughout the year. But, um, yeah, it was incredible just the same. Yeah, one of my favourite moments from the footage there was actually uh, Chris Goulding when he went up to his his little girl and just he just turned straight from you know dominant basketballer, steely-eyed look on the court most of the time, and just all that fell away, and he was just purely in dad mode. And his little daughter sort of looked there as she was still very young and at that age where she just yep. kind of, <laughs> yep, cool, uh-huh. <laughs> and it just. For me, it just summed up magically how, you know, the whole world sees Chris Goulding, well, you know, my whole sort of basketball style world sees Chris Goulding as this, oh, you know, it's Bubbles Goulding, you know, he he can not do too much wrong. And then there's this small little child who just loves the world out of, and she's like, yep, just that for me summed up being a parent. Uh, It was one Mm -hmm. of those silly things. It was all the basketball and everything was going on, but that, that was my sort of takeaway from that game. It was when you, after big games and things like that, when your family's there, do you do you feel a sense of sort of rushing over to them? Is it a, is it a thank you? Do you want to share that moment with them, or is it, uh, it's just one of those things where it's you know you just want to touch base? Yeah, it's a, it's an odd one um, <clears throat> because you know it was fairly new for a few of us in that group that year. Um, Chris had his first child. Um, Sammy Mack had his first child. 
Um, and then Abby and I had our first child all within the same season and um, obviously at different points of the season, but um, we had a lot of dads on the team. You know, yeah. Joe was a dad, Barlow was a dad. Um, you know, we had a lot of guys who had kids. Shay Illy had two girls. So, you know, for, from our perspective, and that was probably the biggest challenge when we're on the road. You know, you've got coaches with kids as well, and it's like it's the family. It's not so much like, oh, I hate being on the road and being away from home, and this wasn't our schedule, and we're getting screwed. It, it was never that. It was just a group concern for the dads that were away from their young kids and the young kids being away from their dads. So, um, you know, as you guys would know, both parents, you know, the, the, your world changes what, you know, how you prioritize your life and what you actually care about, what becomes kind of trivial changes um, in the blink of an eye. Um, and and for, for us, you know, when you win a big game, you're obviously celebrating and, you you know, you do it for your boys and you do it for your teammates and your family and stuff. You celebrate with your boys, but then you suddenly click. And, yeah, I think for, for a few of us, we're not too used to doing that, like going and finding our family. Barlow has been doing that for ages. You know, he finds his kids pretty quickly after the game. I wasn't used to doing that. Um, but, yeah, it was incredible. I mean, when we won the final, like Oslo doesn't really care right now. But, um, you know, like we won the final and just to see him and, and Abby standing there, it's, it's an incredible feeling. Yeah, look, my little girl has been to two grand finals of mine in Social League. <laughs> Won both of them. And I can tell you, still don't care. Second time. Yeah. <laughs> she uh, so She's probably asking, why am I up so late? <laughs> but the, like the best thing about kids for me is they help put life in perspective. Like no yeah. matter what occupation you're in, like pro athlete, myself as a teacher, you come home and that little child... They, they don't care if you've just won a basketball game by 100. They don't care if you've just taught the best lesson of your life at school. They don't care if you've had a bad day. They just want mm. dad. And yeah. that helps you just, you know, sort of not block out everything else in life, but it just like, you know, is something I'm stressing about really that bad because I'm I'm here in this moment with my kid and they just want dad. They don't, they don't care what I am outside of that. Um, yep. So is that something you've sort of found or, you know, how, how are you just generally enjoying being a dad no I, th I think you're spot on um i had a few people that gave me the same advice and just said you, you'll find it funny you know I, basketball is something that has consumed me since such a young age it's my hobby it's my you know where i find the most joy outside of my family um you know if, if i need to pick me up it's I, I need to go shoot if i'm feeling bad about what i'm doing then the only way out of that was to go shoot you know, like, like to get back on the basketball court is to solve the problem regardless of what it is in life. So, um, you know, having a child obviously is, has changed that, you know, and, and the advice that I received was, you know, that exactly what you just said, you could have the worst game of your life and you, you know, in that moment after the game, you sit in the locker room and you're just thinking about everything, you know, you know, can I still hack it? You know, am, am I done here? You know, what did I do wrong? How can I fix this? And then you walk through the door at home and it literally means nothing to your kid. You know, they just love you for you um, and you need to be there for them. You need to turn it on. You can't sit and moat because they need dad. So um, that's an extremely healthy thing for a pro athlete, you know, to have that kid that they can and, and a partner, obviously, that, that they can go home to and, and flush away. Look, basketball is my hobby and yes, it's my job, but um, I've got someone else that needs me more right now. Um, it's just a great way to, to get off bad things and also to settle down after exciting things. Yeah, and unfortunately, well, I'm washed already, but uh, <laughs> by the time the kids get old enough to realize what you 
are or were as a pro athlete, you're, you're washed yeah. at that point. So it's like, <laughs> oh, dad, you're just old now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're old. I'm way better. Like, <laughs> you're lucky. I, you've got a head start. I'm already washed, but uh, <laughs> you've got a few more years left than me. Yeah, right. Oh, well, I'm, I'm definitely cooked then. <laughs> I have a different word. I can't say it on air. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I thought we were friends. All right. <clears throat> well, this season, uh, you know, COVID's reared its reared its head again. How how has it affected uh, you at all this season? Have you had much issues with it um, yourself? Uh, personally, it's been. Um, I mean, health wise, I've been fine. I, I think it's just the the frustration again of of you know what what the entire country is going through. It's not it's not unique to professional athletes or anything like that. It's just this the constant lockdowns were frustrating over the previous couple of years and whether they're a necessity or not is, is, you know, a different conversation, but you know, that's um, it's frustrating for people in society. It's frustrating for family and friends who miss out on events and um, you know, don't get that social interaction. It's, you know, especially uh, families with kids, you know, who need that, they thrive on that. Um, So I think for myself, it's just been that, you know, we had a a few periods of isolation, um, you know, where we were stuck at home and told to isolate for a week and, you know, you're sitting here with a negative result and, and you feel healthy and you're in the middle of season and you just, you really just want to play, you know, you, when you've, you've put in an off season, you put in a big preseason, you get to season, you, you want to play because you've peaked for that. Um, so to be constantly sitting out is frustrating, but as I said, it, it's not a unique thing to professional athletes and it's certainly not a unique thing to our group or me personally, everyone's kind of going through it now. Yeah, definitely. So with the you, you've obviously gone across to Adelaide 36ers this year, uh, being a new recruit yourself, but the the team's also brought in quite a lot of fresh talent. Um, can you speak a bit to how, or oh, including the head coach, I should mention, mm-hmm. um, can you speak a bit to how that's all come together and sort of, you know, does the team, obviously your goal is to win a title, but in the immediate future, what do you think are some areas where the team could grow a little bit more? Yeah, it's um, you know, that I think that's right. You know, we've got a lot of new guys that are that have come to the club and to the league. Um, you know, we've got two imports who are super talented. They're great people um, in in Todd and Dusty, but they have no experience previous to this in the, in Australia and in this league, and and it is unique. Um, you know, it's very different to G League. It's very different to the spacing, the style of play, the kind of shots you get, the schemes, how, you know, everything. Um, so uh, I think, you know, there's an adjustment period for everyone. There's an adjustment period for me coming from a, a system of three years in Melbourne and now coming here. Um, you know, the, the, I think there was only three guys that returned, um, you know, Sunday, DJ and Isaac. Um, unfortunately, Isaac. Um, has had some troubles with injuries, so he hasn't been able to find much form. And then Sunday got injured in the preseason and missed the first three rounds. And um, so we've dealt with a lot of that, and, and a lot of other teams have dealt with that too. But um, for our for our sake, you know that that was valuable time on court as a group, as a whole group. We needed, you know, in terms of execution, in terms of role declaration, and and just getting used to playing with each other um, in a system with a brand new head coach in CJ. You know, who who has a visual. Um, idea of how he wants us to play and, and that sometimes takes time to achieve that so uh, we've got a lot of work to do and we're chipping away at it but um yeah success doesn't come instantly so yeah we're just got to keep working yeah and you just have to keep on that grind like the nbl's been such a weird season like 
I, I haven't punted on the season, but I'm glad <laughs> I haven't because it's just impossible to call games at the moment. And, yeah. you know, a team could feel like they're struggling, but, you know, be still right in the mix for finals because other teams are dropping games. And yeah. uh, it seems like a really tight competition at the moment. There's no real gimme games or there's no real games where you're traveling somewhere going, oh, we're going to lose. It's, it's just sort of every game's up for grabs. And, you know, as fans, that's great for us to be able to watch each week. Yeah, no, it's and it's fun as a as a player as well. Um, and there is that feel. It, it's like every game, you know, you look at it and you're like, I know every game you should go in thinking, oh, we, you know, we can win this. But every game genuinely feels like that, you know. With especially you add in the the, the disruptions and teams sitting out or having people that have you know tested positive and and been away for 14 days. That's a completely different factor to add in a disruption to rhythm for multiple teams and. Um, now you look at Perth, you know, like, you know, it's been traditionally pretty hard to go over and win in Perth consistently. And, and now they're struggling to get a home game this season because of the current border situations. You know, how much does that affect them going forward? Um, you know, there's a lot of different factors to add in. But um, from our sake, it, it's just really important that we keep chipping away and take it game by game as, as cliche and lame as that sounds. And it's um, not very exciting, but, but that's really it. You know, you're just trying to win the next game. And then you move on, you know, it's so early in the season. There's no point sitting here and going, oh, we're three and five. It's doomsday for us. It's not, you know, you win a few games in a row, you're probably back up in fifth. 100%. And look, we'll be keeping on watching. Uh, quite enjoy the games at the moment, uh, as long as they're not being postponed. Um, yeah. <laughs> but we obviously wish uh, you and Adelaide the best uh, for the rest of the season, except when you Thank play you. your hometown team the bullets um, <laughs> had enough of them getting smashed this week we don't, don't need any more of that uh, but um just before we start wrapping things up mitch uh up here in brisbane uh where you were playing uh, in the nba1 north last year uh you've, you've opened up your own basketball academy called pinnacle um could you talk yes. a bit about that and how sort of your your vision with that academy and how people could get involved yeah, so growing up on the north side, obviously, um, you know, there were certain opportunities available, but I think the sport's just grown so much um, over the years and since we were kids. And um, I think it's just important to have other options and, and avenues to develop skills. You know, the, the older that I got and, and the more that I played, I, I understood that it was important to work on individual skills instead of just team-based practices. And I'm not knocking the system, but, you know, you go through and, and you have a lot of team trainings, but, you know, some of those team trainings, you just didn't get a lot done, you know, and, and that was from Monday through Friday. Um, and I just think it's important that kids work on their individual game, not just for their physical skills, but for their confidence, you know, to give them some new challenges, to give them some things to work out when they go to team training and they're doing those warm up drills where you've now got a few more moves to work on, or, you know, you go into a game and you feel better about what you're doing. You have a purpose as to why you're doing things and a goal and a, and a thing to focus on. So, um, you know, we've had a pretty great response from the short amount of time that we've been working with kids and just their mental state and, and you know the confidence that they get from the sessions and just working on themselves and coming back three weeks later and being like oh i can i can do that move now um you know we just want to expose them to some higher level things and um, eventually just work with everyone that we possibly can and, and wants the extra work and hopefully we can provide it cool so um look any listeners at home that think that might be for them if this is accessible for you on the north side of brisbane you can jump on the pinnacle basketball website you can find prices programs all the info you need to know. Um, 
there is a mobile number listed on there. I assume it's not yours, Mitch, but uh, <laughs> it's in the it'll contact get you us. Through to where it needs to go. <laughs> it'll it'll definitely get you where you need to go. Um, <laughs> so that's pinnaclebasketball.com.au. Um, all right, Mitch. Well, that brings us to the end of formalities. We we thank you for your in depth answers and. We do like to finish these off with a few quick fire questions if you've got a couple more minutes for us. Go ahead. All right. All right. First one. Easy one. Right out of the gate. Uh, who would be your all-time starting five? Oh. Yeah. Easy one, like it, I said. This is this is all-time. Are we talking NBL? Are we talking just basketball? Your personal basketball, men, women, whatever league you want. Could be a, you know, Teammates, whatever. Mix match. Jeez, that is tough. Um, I'm probably going... Only if you forget somebody. <laughs> I'm probably going uh, Shaquille O'Neal. Um, oh, Tim Duncan. Okay, Mr. Consistency. Uh, LeBron James, Michael Jordan, and Kobe Bryant. Best to last, I like it. <laughs> unapologetic Kobe guy everyone knows that yeah yep. that's me of course unapologetic yep. alright <laughs> uh, Mitch favourite jersey number and why uh, it's number 10 it used to be number 8 I think we both used to love number 8 yep. um, Dan um, obviously the better player got to keep it yep <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah I think I grew up wearing number 8 and then someone asked me someone was wearing number 8 uh, in college it was taken I got given number 10 and then throughout my pro career, 10 was kind of available um, for the most part. So I kept taking it. You've never had to like um, pay for a jersey? Pay for a jersey <laughs> no, I, <laughs> no, I didn't. I put in a request. Um, I was actually going to wear eight again when I got to Cairns, but then Grabo um, wore eight and, and that's a, you know, a retired jersey. So, mm. um, you know, I took 10. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, what's your favorite movie? Oh, favorite movie. Um, I love Jungle Unchained. Um, I also love Shawshank Redemption. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, and if I had to put in a third, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. I was nice. waiting for you to say that. I thought that'd be your first one. <laughs> it's his butterflesh wound. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. In the Macca movie, who plays Macca? Oh, goodness me. Um... Jeez, that's a tough one. I don't actually know. I'm not great with my actors anymore. Um, Go with the classic one then. (laughs) You like Django, but you just go Jamie Foxx. That'd be funny. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Leonardo DiCaprio. There you go. He's a in that purple suit too. Just yeah, in that in that nice royal suit. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Uh, Favorite music artist. Oh man, um, I've got a lot. It's it's probably a metal band though. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, someone like whether it's was it System of, of a Down, Down used to be into a lot. Yeah, yeah, System of a Down, I was very into. Um, yeah. Obviously, they're not really making music anymore. Um, I was but, a big yeah. fan of Toxicity back in the day. Yeah, it's a, a hell of an album. Um, so yeah, I think probably System of a Down are probably the old times. They were they were on repeat for a good ten years solid. All right, well, you might have a different answer for this one. You might not, but we'll, we'll see. Um, we're hitting the town. We're going to karaoke. What's your go-to song? Ooh, 
It might be something by the the Red Hot Chili Peppers because um, you can mess up the words, but not really sound stupid because they're not they're, they're not that they don't have a purpose anyway. Um, <laughs> so probably the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Fair. Something by them. All right, mate. You have the opportunity to go back in time and watch any game from any era, any league ever. What game would you go back and watch courtside? Another good question. Um, there's a lot of good European games that would be really cool to see. Some Olympic games. Um, when Argentina made their run, um, that would have been awesome to see. Um, but thinking back, uh, it, it's probably got to be a Chicago Bulls run. Um, obviously, knowing Luke Longley a little bit and, and his hearing his stories about um, what it was like and and, you know, it's one thing to hear about, you know, what the media puts out about how Jordan was and what he was like. I never got to see him play live. Um, you know, I was obviously I was a bit younger and didn't get that opportunity. So um, it would probably be to see MJ play in a final series. Good one. Uh, favorite kicks of all time? Jeez, uh, not a massive kicks guy. Um, not into them a whole lot, but I'd say any kind of... Uh, Long Kobe's. Um, we got given some in uh, college to wear. We had like a team shoe, um, and I didn't want to wear anything else after college. I just found any kind of low Kobe. It didn't really matter what it was. <laughs> like five, six, seven. I didn't care. I just wanted um, a low Kobe. So, and then um, now they're a bit harder to get. Yeah, they were a hell of a shoe. <laughs> yeah. I found uh, the Andrew Gazers from Kmart are comparable. Yeah. So. <laughs> Pretty much same. Only, same. only much... for athletes, those. <laughs> you know it. You know it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We've reached the end, Mitch. We really appreciate your time. We do have one final question. Your exit ticket tonight is going to be. Maybe I should ask you this first. Have you had a good time with us? I have. I've had a great time. Thank you. Beautiful. Final question. <laughs> Who do you think we should have on the show next? Um, you've already had Dusty Hunters, haven't you? Sure mm, have. He was good fun. Great guy. Yeah, that's a character. Um, someone like Cam Glidden or Jared Weeks um, have uh, some pretty good bants. I, I reckon you should hunt them down. All right. That sounds good. We'll lock it in. We'll hunt down Mr. Glidden, I reckon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Good idea. All right. Well, we've reached the end of the show. Uh, we wish you the best for the rest of the NBL season. Crossing fingers, toes, everything that there's no more COVID interruptions. And we just get this season going because the basketball on court is just such good quality. We want to see it rolling. And more importantly, we want to see you guys, the players, get on a run of form and string some games together. So we'll be cheering you on, official friend of the show. And um, we'll hopefully talk to you again soon. Appreciate it, guys. Take care. Ball don't lie. That ball don't lie. Before we jump in, shout out again. Uh, Mitch McCarron there, good friend of the show, certified now. And turns out, actual friend of you. Yeah, sure. Yeah, no, well, you know each other. <laughs> yeah, in a past life. Yeah, but it's real. I had no faith in you. And it turns out you actually you know, knew Mac, well, you know, still obviously know him. But Look, all we established is I beat a professional player in the driveway one-on-one. When he was six. <laughs> uh, look. One details. Don't worry about it. <laughs> okay, let's chat NBA. You get to pick the topics we uh, go through here. A few mm-hmm. of them are non-negotiables, like our first bit. 
mm-hmm. uh, NBA Player of the Week. You get to have a. Oh. This is my version of Kraken where I get to try and give you some clues, see how long it takes you to pick Players of the Week here. Yep, 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 yep. Now, I really love the Players of the Week this week. Two players from not top four teams from small markets. I love this. I love everything about it. Okay. So in the West, yep. we have a potential, uh, a team that's underperformed becoming good. Yeah. A potential all-star snub, some may say, may still get there. Mm. Any, any ideas? He's a, he's a wing player. All-star snub. Still could get there. Ah, West. He's on a a team that was pretty bad all all year and they're starting to come good, fighting for a playoff spot. And their best player we still might not see all season. Or, sorry, who should be their best player? Uh, We may not see all season. Haven't seen him yet. Haven't seen him yet. This season. Oh, wouldn't be uh, Pelicans. It's the Pelicans as a team. Yep. Uh, wouldn't be Brandon Ingram. It is. Mr. Hey. B.I. himself, 27, 9, and 3 for the week. I was like, I was thinking, I wonder how far off his average that is. Because I feel like, you know, it could be around that. It's a little bit lower. He's averaging 25, 6, and 6. But, I mean, to me, that's all-star numbers. <laughs> and if the Pelicans were, say, fifth, you can't tell me that he wouldn't be easily on that all-star ballot. Mm. Um, sometimes you're a victim of the team you're on. Uh, but good to see B.I. getting some love out there. He's kind of that guy who's just, you know, I mean, we, we kind of brought up last week with Jonte Murray. Are they just stat padding on a bad team? Who knows? I, I think Ingram is that dude personally, but uh, probably a, a second player on a very good team, uh, which is not – White where the Pels are right now. Let's head yeah, over to the east. Much. East, yep. So, well, I wouldn't say it's a small market. It's a smallish market. Mm-hmm. Now, this player, again, started off very slow this season. It was getting chucked around in a lot of trade rumors of why Why did this team pay this guy? Is he really the successor to the player that won us a chip and left? Oh, not too sure. Not too sure. So this was a team that's won a championship recently and their star player from that championship left instantly after one year. Ah, that'd be up north. Yep, the north. The the Toronto Raptors. And so this player was meant to be Kawhi's successor, according to themselves. Uh, Yeah, right. And it just hasn't quite worked um... out that way. Like, as I said, I give Brandon Ingram the second guy on a good team. I'd say you'd want Siakam as your third guy, personally. <laughs> um, but that's just me. Uh, but huge week for him. 25, 10, and 5. I was going to say Drake was going to be my next guest. But, no. <laughs> hey, we're, and we're going to talk a bit bit about the Raps, possibly, if you choose too soon. Because mm-hmm. they're, they're not coming. They're here. <laughs> but we'll, we'll get to that soon. Because um, same goes for a team near and dear to your heart now. Yeah. All right. That was our non-negotiable. We have... One more non-negotiable topic. Okay. Trades. Trades. Ah. Well, since we have some, we probably should talk about them. Yeah. Not good ones, but oh, they're kind of good. Ah, they're not blockbusters. So Portland bringing in Bledsoe, 
Winslow, Keon Johnson, and a second round pick. Mm-hmm. So essentially, there. they're bringing in Keon Johnson. Yep. Uh, from what I gather, there, Clippers have pulled off a heist, in my opinion. <laughs> Norm Powell, uh, Roko, Robert Covington. Now, my thoughts are huge win for the Clips. Norm Powell's, you know, an instant bucket. He's probably not fitting where Portland's heading that they've made clear now. Uh, and Robert Covington. Down. He is, Robert Covington's been a bit of an imposter in Portland. Don't know who that guy was, but we'll see if he can rediscover himself here with the Clippers and be that sort of stretch four that they need him to be down the stretch to entice a bit of participation from Kawhi and, and or PG down the stretch. Yeah, which... Oh. They're going to need, if they're going to do anything towards the top end this year, they'll need both them back for sure, which, uh, look, from the talk that's out there, it's sounding less and less likely Kawhi's back mm. going to be coming back. So. Ah. And, I mean, Portland shipping out two of their top five, six players. Yeah. Yeah, it's – sorry, Portland fans. Uh, mm. it's, uh, it's all going to get torn down, I think. Mm. That's that's a big indicator that she's done. And look, at the very least, you've got to think the days of Lillard, Lillard and McCullum are done. You know, yeah, I think one of might, them one of them's gone. Yeah, they might do everything they can to keep Lillard. Uh, they've kind of made it fairly obvious that he's he's the golden boy. Um, but yeah, you got to think. Uh, and this isn't. This shouldn't be real news to long-term listeners of the show, but uh, you know we've been talking about it for a while. That yeah, these two probably need to be split up, and it looks like that's the way Portland's going to go with it. Mm. Yeah, if I was them, I'd have a look at uh, Sabonis out there to pair up with Dame. I think that could work quite nicely. Haven't heard anything about that as a rumor. I just I just thought of it because I'm a genius now. Uh, but I, I do like that Your fit. opinion. I do really like that fit. Um, but, yeah, well, two, two teams on two different directions here. They've surely got Enos Canner coming back next year for them. It's, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yep, that's his, that's his year with Portland. Mm-hmm. Back to Sorry, uh, Enos Freedom Canner. Can- Whatever it is. Canner Whatever Freedom. Is. Canner uh, Freedom. That's Someone should sell that. <laughs> uh, other trade, um, probably a bit more higher profile-ish. Mm-hmm. Cavs bring in Karis LeVert in a second-round pick. Uh, Pacers take on Rubio's expiring deal. He obviously won't play a game with them uh, with the ACL injury. Uh, a lottery-protected first, but on, on paper, it's a first-round pick. Mm-hmm. And two second-round picks. So Pacers, much like the Blazers here, are just you know, waving that big white flag. We're done. Mm-hmm. Ships, the ship's sinking. We're going to sink it. And this is the start of that. And Cavs, look, some people have been a bit critical thinking that they might have got away with just Rubio and some seconds. But at the end of the day, it's a lottery-protected first. They're currently top four in the East. That pick is likely going to be 25 to 30. Yeah. Are you finding a player 25 to 30 who's going to be better than Karis LeVert right now? My answer is... Unlikely. Uh, you'd have to do a find and then 
project build that guy. It'd be a couple years. Like yeah. you might say, oh, you know, like I follow Memphis, Desmond Bain, 30th pick. He was average-ish in his first year. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Cavs want a guy now that they can count on any given night to go and get him 20 points, and that's Karis LeVert. So I think taking a flyer on that is a great idea. For the Pacers, of course, that now puts them in great position to probably end up signing nobody, but they've got the cap space there to do it if they want. Um, yeah, and look, it, it it's one of those little sort of shames because, you know, just around Rubio because I, I don't actually mind him. I, I just... Oh, he would have been perfect for your Celtics now if mm. he was healthy. Things things just keep going wrong for him. Like, you know, he puts a little something-something together and then... Yeah, mm. it's a shame. So hopefully, you know, right when he was, you know, putting a few things together with the Cavs and boom, ACL. Uh, look, God knows how many more chances he's got. Hopefully he can um, do something with his next one. All right, time for your pick and roll segment now. Pick and roll, pick and roll, pick and roll. Talking basketball, not boogers. All right, topic. Anthony Davis is awesome. I feel like you're torn here because you know it's true, but then it's (laughs) Lakers talk. (laughs) There's a little bit of that. Yeah, go on, roll on it. Rolling. Last last five games, mm. Anthony Davis, 29 points, 13 rebounds. He's given you blocks. He's given you steals. Mm. He's over 50% from the field. Mm. He's giving you MVP numbers. And I, there's a little bit of noise out there, but not as much as, you know, if the Lakers were you know, top two, three in the West uh, for what he's doing. With LeBron James out, by the way, and mm. their third star not even looking like a twinkle out there. So AD's back. Uh, you know, we had to give him benefit of the doubt that the injury was hurting him uh, and his game in the earlier parts of the season because, quite frankly, he was not good. Mm. And maybe there was something underlying there. But since returning, my God, uh Holy moly. If LeBron ends up sitting out the All-Star game, he better be in there. Uh, yeah, well, you well take... we've had DeJounte named as uh, Draymond's replacement. So that's counted for. Look, my guy Jaron Jackson, the unicorn, may be up there somewhere, but AD right now is just holy moly. He's so good. Yeah, look, and one of the big things, he seems to have that little bit of fire to him, you know. Seems to actually want to be out there and fight for stuff and really go, uh, which has, you know, been inconsistent with his game um, of late with all the injuries. It's it's a hard thing to find um, when you're worried about getting injured and it seems like almost for the last couple of years it's all these sort of that lingering doubt has been in there. So he's he's put together a nice little run of, of games without LBJ, you know, so... All right, next well done, one. young man. Utah, not Jazzin. Oh, mate, how can the Utah be Jazzin without Joey Ingles? Oh, so. Too soon. We, we covered that last week, too soon. 
let's okay. let's pop on that one. Let's pop. All right, lost seven in eight. Poor buggers, they're oh. they're struggling. All right. Do you believe in the wolves? <laughs> Covered this before. Do you reckon that's how a wolf was named? They just hear the noise they make. And they're like, they're like a wolf. <laughs> uh, no. Yeah, but like, Maybe. it's a wolf. The dog says wolf. It's all related. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Tune in next week for more Where Did Words Come From? From Dan Donnellan. Wowzers. Uh <laughs> you didn't answer my question. It's valid. I have no idea. I wasn't there. <laughs> not sure why they would then go, nah, that's not a wolf. That's a timber wolf. Maybe it was like standing on a tree or something. Because it was standing in the trees. <laughs> it was cutting a tree down. <laughs> uh, what are we talking about? Basketball or something? Yeah, timber wolves. Do, do you want to believe. talk about the timber wolves? I never want to talk about the timber wolves. <laughs> All right. Oh. Unlucky. Um, look, they've won four straight. Just like the Jack Jumpers. Good job. Got a lot more to go. I will have faith in the Timberwolves when they put two solid seasons together. One thing I'll mention. Which they haven't done since. One thing I'll KG mention. Times. They are one game behind sixth, so not making the uh, playing tournament. Mm -hmm. They're four games out of fourth, home court advantage. They have the fifth easiest schedule in the NBA remaining. Mm -hmm. Do you know who has the easiest schedule remaining? Uh, your team? That's right, my friend. The Memphis Grizzlies, easiest schedule remaining. I'm not going to say anything else because I don't want to jinx it. <laughs> <laughs> just saying, just saying. Yeah. All right, we'll keep, we'll keep that moving then, hey? Mm. Uh, I've got two teams. I want you to decide who's got the biggest panic button right now. All right. All right, all right, all right. Yeah, you're in? Yeah, go on. Let's roll. Roll. All right. All right. I fear there might be a Celtics target coming, but that's okay. No. <laughs> they're, they're playing good. That's why I'm not going to mention them. <laughs> uh, the Knicks and the Blazers. Yep. Who's the biggest panic button? Oh, uh, like if, if you were owning both teams and had to decide, nah, you're out. I'm done. Which one are you getting rid of? <laughs> oh, they just both have very different problems. Um, I know now. This is a good question. That's well, kind of what I do here. Well, if they uh, had similar, you'd be like, oh, well, it's all the same. <laughs> Two different problems, but still big problems. One's like, Let's put it this way, like one is maybe looking at tearing it down for a rebuild, the other's still trying to contend, but sucks. Yeah, look, that's tricky because exactly that. One has has Lillard and some pieces they can get rid of. The Knicks have some older pieces that really gelled and came together last year, but have not backed that up with the second season. But surely if they draft like a young star potential wing that'll mm. be a good move for them right they won't just sit them on the bench and not play them <laughs> oh my god sort it out nicks you're an absolute joke this season anyway. and the, and that's the problem too like portland have the excuse of they are not a destination team the knicks have madison square garden a lot of people will say you know yaddy especially spike lee and others you know Basketball comes from New York. You know, the 
they write that heritage and yada yada yada. And let them tell you it comes from Indiana. <laughs> yeah, totally. But uh, you know, that that's what they try and tell. And mm. you know, it's one of those places. It's New York. You know, even Kevin Love has a bloody penthouse apartment in New York. He doesn't live there. Like you know, doesn't play anywhere near that. But still, James Harden hates it, but well, allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> what a goose! Ah, uh, look. For the players they've got, I'd be panicking if I was the Knicks. Um, the location they've got to actually play in and, you know, the draw crowd and everything like that, I'd be panicking if I was the Trailblazers. So you would rather own the Knicks right now? I'd rather own the Knicks right now from the point of view of it's a destination where people want to – if I clean some stuff up, you know, people will want to come and yada, yada, yada. Unfortunately, the biggest thing they have to clean up is also the thing that owns the team. So that is, it is a hell of a destination team and they only need to do one thing and players are going to flock there, mm-hmm. but it's not so, going to happen. Yeah. It's not going to happen. It, it won't. Because Dylan is not going to sell the team. And no. players have said that is why I did not sign there. Mm-hmm. They have said it black and white. Mm-hmm. And... Anyway, oh well, I'm not a Knicks fan, so I don't care. But I'd just be—I'd be pretty upset if I was a Knicks fan right now, because especially after the highs of last year, like everything was going oh. good. You know, Randall's playing for his contract, so he was actually trying. And uh, yeah, he wants out allegedly. So, yeah. oh. well, what was it? He informally requested a trade that's now all over social media, all over the news. It's informal. Informal. Don't yeah. don't worry about it. You stand outside the GM's office and yell, get me out of here. <laughs> uh, if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. Anyway, what a world we live in. Yeah, right. um, look, NBA, slow moving at the moment. Not a lot of crazy stats. Not a lot of crazy wins. There are a few. Um, we obviously can't review, you know, 50 plus games a week. Uh, we will be back next week. The trade deadline would have come and gone by then. So I keep saying something big's going to happen, but it's not. So I don't want to make any promises. <laughs> but if anything does go down, we will absolutely not be doing an emergency podcast, but we'll be chatting about it next week. Yep. And hopefully there'll be lots to discuss. Hopefully our Aussie, not Aussie, don't know if we claim him anymore. Don't know what's going on with that. Ben Simmons. Hopefully he's going to be putting on a jersey, hey, Philly or otherwise. It if Ben comes back, puts on the jersey, goes to the Olympics. Hey, all will be forgiven if he puts on a Philly jersey and plays well. They will have a week or two of like, boo! But they'll get over it. If he's getting triple doubles and they're winning, mm. they'll come back around. Yeah. Oh, uh, Philly's a hard I think it's not going to happen. Don't no. get me wrong. It's not happening, but... I, I do think that's how it would go down. Philly's a very hard and also a very easy team um, to play for. It doesn't matter what the sport. Uh, all you got to do is win and play really well. <laughs> Just ask their football totally team fine. how easy that is. <laughs> <laughs> but they feel entitled to tell you what they're thinking, which, look, you know, from a certain point of view, if you're a long-term fan – and you have paid all this money for tickets, yada, 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 all over your entire life, you're going to feel a little bit of 
you're going to want to share your opinion if you're upset about stuff. So but it, it's yeah. a passionate fan base, but it's a knowledgeable one. And what I mean by that is in, in my experiences traveling to NBA arenas in America, you go to, you go to a Lakers game, you are surrounded by nufties and I'm not going to sugarcoat it. You're surrounded by celebrities or wannabe celebrities that are just trying to you know, get on TV. You're surrounded by bandwagon fans. You're surrounded by people who are just tourists and want to catch their first game. And All the type of people, now this one bangs my backboard really hard, the type of people who go to a basketball game, pay all this money or go with other people or get tickets somehow, get really close to the action, walk around, not watch the game, get hit by a ball and then want to sue for a million, bajillion dollars. Rule one of going to the basketball, sitting close to the game. Keep your eyes on the ball. And requested a formal apology from the player because he <laughs> meant to do it. Uh, anyway, uh, but what I'm saying is like you go to a Lakers game and the conversations you hear around you are, you know, based on what I've just explained about who's in the arena. Not a lot of basketball chat. Uh, you go to somewhere like Philly or, you know, my experiences in Memphis uh, would, would, you know, echo that but to a lower attendance rate. Mm-hmm. But the conversations you hear around Trust you. The process. Well, the conversation you hear around you is, oh, that's, a, you know, so-and-so on the bench. I remember he played at this college and in this division. And, oh, why is he starting? He's averaging this. Why the player on the bench is averaging that? And you're hearing true basketball conversations. So what I'm saying is, like, they're super passionate, but it, it's because they know what's going on. Mm, and long-term fan. That's why I say if, if, 0.0001% chance Ben pulls on that Philly jersey and balls out. He'll get booed for a week or two, but they'll get over it. Mm. They'll get over it. Winning cures all. With that being said, Ben for James, make it happen. It makes sense for both teams. <laughs> I've always said since he was in Houston, I wanted Harden at the at the 76ers. So, I mean, that trade straight up makes sense. They've asked for Seth Curry as well, which... I probably wouldn't give up if I was Philly, but you know, if, if they work out a way to straight up Ben and James, I'd pull the trigger if I was either team. So I think both good fits. Well, yeah, without going too deep. Um, yeah. Nets. Are, <laughs> yep. Net, that's not deep now. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> Nets is set up for, uh, you know, someone who can play D and doesn't need a lot of the ball. Um, or, or, can, need, or has the ball and play makes, doesn't need yeah, to score. Doesn't yeah. need to score. Doesn't want to score, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Not in big moments. Um, and was it 76ers? Well, they could, you know, Embiid needs some help moving the ball around and another option, and that might give him some space on oh, the floor. Pick and roll will be filthy, them oh, too. <laughs> I don't even. Those poor them. defenses. Like, yeah. there's no stopping that. They oh. could just do pick and roll every possession. And they will score every time. Anyway, Mel, it's a wrap on NBA. We're back to discuss what happened or didn't happen next week. Uh, before we get out of here, our regular way to finish off here. Cheeky bit of Kraken. We've got a mystery pack today. Oh, a lucky good, dip good. mystery pack. Now, this is 12 cards. It's a repack job. We'll see how we go. I have no idea on heritage, vintage, anything. So, yeah, we'll just have to see how we go with this one. Um, I'll give you the team on this one. On the cards. 
Okay, so and you're now looking at it, it and thinking that I need that. That's good. Exactly, make it a little bit easier. Hopefully, we'll see how we go. So these are varied years, are they? It's not even just this is what season it's from. Uh, yeah, but there are some names. All right, all there, right. There are some names in here. All right. Are we so, doing all twelve? We're going to split it. Do the other. Well, leave, leave half for next week. Well, we'll see how we go. We'll right. see how we go. We get on a roll. We might knock these all over. Right. All right. Uh, first one. I'll give you the team, Phoenix. Now, this is not a current player, and there's no actual blurb on the back, so I'll just fire some clues. <laughs> All right. Uh, was part of their finals run back in the day, again, yeah, with MJ. So played Charles back in, Barkley? You know, was part of the team. Charles Barkley. Dan Marley. There you go. Thunder. Yeah. All right. Thunder Miles. Ooh. Repping those white boys out there. <laughs> Shooting them threes. My guy. All right. Uh, who have we got on this one? Ooh. This one's going back a ways. This one's going back a ways. Uh, yeah. Back on the Sonics. So that's a long, long ways back. Uh, not much of a blurb here. Hey, yay, yay. Uh, I'll give you the last mate, last name, McMillan. Nate. There you go. Current coach. Mm-hmm. Somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I can't keep up with coaches these days. All right. Uh, this one, Portland Trailblazers. It says on the card. Uh, the winner of the 2020 dunk contest. Anthony Simons. No, 2020. 2020, not the 2021, the 2020 dunk contest. This player kept the slams coming for the Trailblazers to throw down a jam following a missed corner three by a teammate at Dallas on February 14. The wing climbed the ladder over a seven-foot oh, defender. Is it Derek Jones? Junior, yeah, it is yeah. indeed. Now well the done. Bulls, now the Bulls. All right, uh, Toronto Raptors. Right, so Blazers have had back-to-back dunk champions, I believe. That's crazy. Anyway, got Clyde, to, Clyde Drexler would be proud. Got to find a way to win a chip somehow. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> All right, uh, this one's a Panini card from last season. Oh, ham and cheese. Mm. Toronto's okay. Toronto's ability to find gems in the draft recently is outstanding. Astounding. Following in the footsteps of Fred Van Fleet, this player emerged as the difference maker in his third season in the league. The number 23 pick in 2017. Ananobi. There you go. OG. I like these packs. These are good. Yeah, it's a bit interesting, isn't it? All right. Let this... me know if anyone's beating me, by the way. <laughs> good luck. This player, this is one of those ones. Uh, yeah, wow. That I might save that one to last. Uh, I really like that one. I'm going to change that one up. I'm going to save that one for last. You'll know why when oh, we, it's when getting we a bit back to it. <laughs> uh, here we go. Uh, Indiana Pacers. This one is an NBA hoops card. Not having a bad season. This player. Oh, okay. That's yeah. Cool. Yeah, there's more. I thought that's just what it said on the back. It's not having a bad season. <laughs> so we made a card. Uh, Indiana Pacers is the team on the card. Yeah. Open March 
I'm just trying to let you say something. A phenomenal performance, happens. dominating both ends of the floor and leading the Pacers to a 116-111 victory. During the contest, the versatile big man tallied 17 He's Dominating points. similar to the name of the player? No. Ooh. So it's their other big. Maybe. Yeah, who's got a little footsie injury at the moment. Got a name for me? Oh, he's not kilometers. Nope, he sure isn't. He's Miles <laughs> Turner. Ah, this card I think we've had before on the show. NBA hoops from last season. No longer plays for this. Oh, team. Not, not as in an interview. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. All right. Uh, on the card, it says LA Lakers. It says. Do you want me to just yell at every Laker I know? It's going to start with Kobe. Well, on the card it says LA Lakers. He's no longer there. Ah, okay, okay. Giving the Lakers great lineup flexibility. Uh, this player can slot in at power forward or small forward as a starter or coming off the bench. Does he wear horrible outfits? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He's uh, a meme too. LeBron's always looking over his lock shoulder. Lock him in the nation's capital, Mr. KK. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Last one here, buddy. Last one here. I'll give you the team. I'm sure it won't be a sore point. Um, Memphis Grizzlies. Chandler Parsons. Ooh, no, <laughs> nice. Nice. On the right track. Nice. Uh, well, he no longer plays there. So, yeah. Uh, look, he was, he was going to go and do great things, but he never actually – Went and never actually pulled on a jersey. and mm. yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Now, full disclosure, mm. in my opinion, one of the best six-men role players the league's ever seen. Mm. Absolute killer in Philly. But mm. as far as a Memphis legend goes, let's just say his, rough, his jersey will not be in the rafters next to Zebos. Not getting a statue out the front? Uh, probably, well, maybe <laughs> a certain emoji <laughs> with his name on it. <laughs> so yeah, we're, we're talking uh, Iggy, I assume here. Yeah, Iggy, Iggy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Memphis legend. Memphis legend. Well, Sounds legend so for like all that. the wrong reasons. You know. Hey, look, he gave more to the franchise than Hashim to beat. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, if he only had Hashim to beat, I mean, you know, easy hey. peasy. All right. Well, Mel, <laughs> that's a wrap. Little rapsy on the show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. big one mm. big one mm. once again shout out to Macca for joining us that was great fun definitely uh, enjoyed wrapping up all the NBL WNBL and NBA headlines from the week if you think we're, we're missing out on teams or players that you want uh, us to discuss a bit more hit us up hit us up we're a message away um, and, and we're more than happy to, to give our people what they want you know, we, we try and give even airwaves to teams, especially, you know, in our local leagues. But if you feel like we're really skimping out on, on a team or a player that's shown out, let us know and we'll jump on that for you as well as we can. Now, before we duck off, Mel, we, we've introduced a new segment this year, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Mel's mm-hmm. Machinations. Mm-hmm. Some advice for the week. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, not a lot of people know this, but uh, we actually had uh, COVID in our household uh, a couple of weeks ago. I knew that. Yep, you did. <laughs> uh, I feel special. Well, you know, part of a very small circle. And an itchy throat. <laughs> <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> uh, uh, we, we were able to get through it, you know, through the help of you know friends and things. We were able to drop some stuff off, 
Um, we're able to isolate it to only one member of the house. Excuse me, some friends. Hmm? You can you can name them. Go on. Do, do you want me to name them? <laughs> do, Just do one you... in particular. Well, <laughs> oh, wow. All, right. uh, all good. All good. Yeah. Anywho, um, I, I'm so glad you put it that way and you know steered into that because what I was actually going to say is oh, here we go. you know there'll be times when people reach out and help you when you need it and it is a very good idea to be thankful to those people. So there's one thing that, uh, that Dan has wanted for a little while now. And uh, I sorted it out for him. We, we leaves to win the chip. Well, no, a little bit closer to home, a little bit closer to the elbow as in your elbow on our studio desk here. We have a basketball. We have a bit of a dream for it to get signed. Oh, one day. We, yeah. Uh, a signature from one Matthew Delavadova. Mm. So as a thank you to you for helping us out in our time of need, I was able to, you know, do a couple of things and I got you a signature for that oh. basketball, oh. a Matthew Delavadova signature. Oh, signature card. Mm-hmm. 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 I didn't say I got the ball signed, but I got you a signature. Oh. Yeah, wow, yeah. That's... That's special. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I feel mm-hmm. bad <laughs> saying I was the guy that helped you, but yeah, I was. I, I thought you would, but uh, oh man, good. that's immaculate. Mm, that's it sure immaculate. is. That's going straight on the mantle yeah. next to the Kobe card, next to the Mike Conley signature, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> but the real takeaway is make sure you're grateful and thank you for the people who help you. Mal, why? When you, you need it. What, you just hand me a note saying, I'll give it back. <laughs> I'll, I'll get it back. <laughs> <laughs> no, I appreciate that. That's uh, very kind. Um, Damn straight. There's my machination. Just be kind. That's what I tell my students all the time. Mm. Um, but, you know, we'll be back next week. If you haven't already, Instagram, Facebook, wherever you get your podcast from, like, follow, subscribe. And as Mel said last week, that extra button that we appreciate so much is the share button. So mm-hmm. do that. Get us out there. You know, just get talking. You know, even if you don't think we're that good, just tell everyone we are. And yeah. Yeah. We think we're, we think we're good and that's all that matters. Uh, so we'll be back next week. We do have another special guest for you lined up. A very, very big guest. It's going to be a good one. I'm pumped, Mal. Mm, so be great. tune in. Love your work. Till next week. Just remember, that ball don't lie. Never does. <laughs>